You're listening to the Profit Lovers Podcast, where profit is not a dirty word. I'm Melanie Miller. Consider this your business safe space, where we take a BS-free approach to building a profitable business, one that's also livable, it fits into your lifestyle, and it's lovable. You actually enjoy it. Well, most days anyway. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Profit Lovers Podcast. I am Melanie Miller. For all of our new listeners, I am the delightful disher of the unsexy side of business. Today, however, our topic is definitely a little more sexy for sure. But before we dive in, I want to give a really big shout out to my amazing friend, Lucy. I was so incredibly flattered when Lucy told me that she listens to all of my podcast episodes She's one of those friends who gives very true and honest feedback and having her listen in every week and hearing her feedback was really, really lovely. Lucy right now is likely to be walking to or from the Tube in London. So good morning or good afternoon, Lucy. Uh, Lucy also happens to be one of the most naturally organized people that I know. She's an ex-wedding planner, so you can imagine how much that skill is a necessity. When we first met years and years and years and years ago in Vancouver, she was spending her weekends at clients' weddings. And I remember one day I was helping her do a setup on a boat of all places. And she had this folder and these run sheets and these lists. And I was so in awe. It was this well-oiled machine. So when life isn't so busy for her, she's now a very well-respected project director of communications and engagement in a global company. I'm going to ask her to share some inbox management tips with us. She talked me through her inbox management one day. It was very exciting. I was kind of blown away by it. It can only be described as like stealth inbox management. So obviously today we're talking about time hacks. We have this idea of finding time, right? Which is, is it oxymoron the right word? I think oxymoron's the right word to use. You can't really find time. It's not missing. It just is. And this is something that I personally find challenging, if I'm going to be really honest. Now I'm going to share my favorite three time hacks But here is a disclaimer. I have a smorgasbord of different tools and hacks that I use because at different times, I feel like I need different ways to support my use of time. If you're in members club, you'll no doubt have noticed that I always try and avoid using like productivity or time management as any kind of benchmark for success. I've worked with some seriously productive people, amazing time managers. I have managed staff that were always doing things and ticking off lists. The work they were doing was highly productive, but not necessarily effective. As business owners and in the profit lovers world, how we approach it is that we need to be effective over productive. Now, what does that mean? Well, productivity is the ratio between output volume and volume of inputs. It measures how effective you are. It doesn't mean you're focused on the right tasks. Productivity and efficiency is something that I definitely, if I'm looking for staff or contractors who are doing a repetitive type task, then I want them to be productive and efficient and accurate. 
and and within the same role in my business, sometimes I'm looking for both productivity and efficiency, but also creativity. My content creator is a really good example of that. I want her to be productive and efficient when she is editing and uploading my podcast, which she's listening to this right now and editing. I want her to follow a system. I want her to ensure that sort of all the boxes get ticked off the list, right? But when it comes to content creation, I want her to be focused on being creative. So I don't care about her spending an hour and outputting 300 average ideas. That's productive for sure. It isn't necessarily impactful or focused. To be impactful or focused, what I would be looking for from her is to create, say, 10, 15 or 20 very specific curated and outcome focused ideas based on the Profit Lovers Transformation. I'm hoping that you can see a difference there. If you are someone, for instance, I think social media is, or outsourcing of social media is a great example here, that you can find somebody who can, you know, create 100 social media posts for you. But if those posts are not directly related to the transformation or engaging, you know, your client or your customers, speaking to their needs and their wants, then then it's not necessarily beneficial. Let me give you another example. I managed a team where pick and pack staff needed to be productive and efficient and accurate. If they were unpacking a container of stock, for example, it needed to be done obviously very quickly and accurately and efficiently. But the warehouse manager, I looked for more you know, obviously productive and efficient was important and I needed her to be organized, but even more so, I needed her to be a creative problem solver. I needed her to be an inspiring and good leader of a team. And I needed her to be able to oversee processes and look for ways of making them better. In your business, you're likely wearing quite a few different hats right now. So you need to pull together all of the skills As you scale your business, and if you haven't listened to the episode I did on scaling versus growing, then go back and listen to episode 13. It's a really good one. But as you scale your business, what you can do is kind of fall back into your natural skill set and find people who can fill the holes where you're not a natural. My natural skill set is a big picture thinker. It's an ideas person. It is creative thinking. It isn't attention to detail. So the very fine or very small detail is not where my natural skill set lies. And so as I'm scaling my team, I'm looking for people who will fill that gap. In my business, if I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I've got a set of actions to help calm that feeling down. If I am on a Melanie's super pumped and everything is getting done today streak, I also need to control that because things can get wild here. And if you're one of my team, then I do have a habit of drawing people into my tornado of activity, getting them all like excited and I don't know, ditching the exciting project pretty quickly. And that's not good for the team. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the progress of my business. If I'm tired or joy of joys, my cycle is kicking my ass or more accurately, my uterus, then I have a plan for that time as well. My point here is that one way to approach how to get the most done 
in the amount of time you have often isn't enough for the complicated yet very impressive female brain and hormonal system. You might need an arsenal of approaches like I do. It is whatever works for you based on your needs at the time. As long as you're not jumping around, obviously, from different tools and hacks all the time, every single day, I have an arsenal that fits different energy levels, different moods, different outcomes. I've tested out so many of the expert tips and tricks. I have always wanted to become someone who was a lot more productive uh, and a lot more efficient and a lot more detail orientated. And so I've always gone seeking that information. Some expert tips and tricks worked, some didn't. Now, I don't like the assumption that a lot of people make that I'm an organized person. And people say that to me a lot. Melanie, this isn't hard for you because you're an organized person and I'm not. And saying that devalues the amount of hacks and tips and different approaches that I have tried and tested to keep my sometimes rapidly firing and other times completely distracted brain from uh, what is the word? Disrailing me? Is that a word? From getting me off track, right? I have a very short attention span. My school report cards consistently said, Melanie spends large chunks of time daydreaming or staring out the window. And we see daydreaming as this negative thing. It was so frowned upon when I was in school. But now as an adult, I know that it's my brain's way of not becoming overworked or overheated or overstimulated, right? If we apply my very favorite Pareto principle here, 20% of what we do results in 80% of the outcome. Now, if I was Melanie's teacher, I would tell her, your brain likes super deep focus for 20% of the time. Then your brain likes the other 80% to be rest time or daydreaming time. And as long as you can use that 20% with deep intention, then daydream all you want. It's not your fault, little Melanie, that other kids in the class can't do in 20% of the time what you can. Now, we don't shame kids who've been running around in a playground for hours when they sit down and they take time to rest. We acknowledge that their bodies need a break. I have a brain that needs a break. And if you're a daydreamer, be a daydreamer. If you're someone who fatigues quickly, then rest when you need to. Fighting against our natural way of existing is so exhausting. So what if we go crazy and embrace it and we all apply different tactics to get the best of how we naturally work? The profit lovers approach to using time, and let's call this hack number one, is to do what's important and necessary to move the needle first. This is especially important for me, knowing that I have a brain that fatigues pretty quickly. We do the quick, the low value and the seeming seemingly urgent, urgent but not important things first. Things like checking email first thing in the morning. Bad idea, terrible, especially if you have a quickly fatiguing brain. For many people, once that Pandora's box of electronic mail is open, your day is controlled by it. There are very few people that I've worked with that can open their inbox once, first thing in the morning, and then 
get on with their own list of tasks without sneaking back into that inbox. If that's you, then huge props to you if you can control yourself. It's not me. My inbox is where focus goes to die. (laughs) I'll see an email about a new feature in a tool that I use or some hot tips on some shares that are on the move. And I am off on an unplanned erratic adventure, which often leads to true crime videos on YouTube. It's a very slippery slope. And I know there are many of you saying right now, but Melanie doesn't understand my business. I have to check email to see what I need to do for the day or to make sure my customers or clients don't need anything. Now, if that's you, I want to ask you if you have listened to my last episode where we talked about who is running your business. If your inbox directs how you spend your day, I'm going to suggest that isn't the best or most effective approach to being focused. For clients who find their inbox the death of progress and productivity. We use a quick and easy to implement hack of setting a 30 minute timer and working on any big projects in their business first before they touch their inbox. Yes, 30 minutes isn't a lot of time and it's not ideal to get into a big project with only 30 minutes, but inevitably what happens is they dive into a task that is specifically about their own business growth and success first when they're freshest in the morning and before they start mucking about in their inbox. If they don't do it first thing in the morning before touching the inbox, it never gets done at all. 30 minutes is better than nothing. Now that initial 30 minutes can often turn into 45 or 60 minutes before they even know it because they've made progress on an important project instead of being sucked into the back and forth of their email inbox. Time is such an important restriction for women. It's a big restriction for women, especially over the past two years where so many of you have also had kids at home trying to get schoolwork done. So finding these big chunks of time to work on important business growth projects is near impossible. Finding 30 minutes first thing in the morning, while not necessarily super easy, it's certainly not as difficult as trying to find four or five hours. Now, because I have this flighty brain and low attention span, I find that I'm either focused on a task for 10 hours or focused on a task for less than 10 minutes. There is often not an in-between. If that sounds like you, get yourself an egg timer. If you guys have been following me for a few years, you know my handy little egg timer is one of my favorite cheap time hacks. Uh, Yes, you can use your phone, but only if you're not going to be picking it up and checking messages and social media or emails. That's kind of why I like the egg timer because I can put my phone, you know, away in another room and use the egg timer and I'm not going to get distracted. If the task is particularly unpleasant Then I give myself 30 minutes. I say, I'm going to do this one thing that's totally unpleasant for 30 minutes because we can all do anything for 30 minutes, right? And I stop as soon as my timer goes off. And I end up feeling really accomplished because I've invested time in an action that I otherwise 
would have procrastinated and avoided and it would have moved from task list to task list and sat in my head taking up space or I just never really would have done it at all. If the task isn't complete in that 30 minutes, then I move it on to the next day with another 30 minute time allocation. Unless I have a full client day, because when I have those, my brains, my brains are needed just for clients on full client days. But that 30 minute task, I'm not trying to find three or four or five hours to knock over that unpleasant task. I'm just chipping away at it 30 minutes at a time. Like I said, we can do pretty much anything for 30 minutes in business. So this approach helps me get started on tasks. Often being overwhelmed means we can't choose where to start. So when you're overwhelmed, you might notice that you jump from your inbox to your to-do list, to your task manager, and then something that brings us a false sense of calm, like social media. Uh, It's an easy go-to, right? That feeling of just scrolling, mindless scrolling can definitely make you feel like you're Well, basically it's a distraction. You're still overwhelmed. You're just being distracted. For me, it's murder videos, weird, but true. Uh, I will, when I'm trying to avoid something, end up somehow watching murder videos instead. The 30 minute timer really does help me get started on one task and avoid slipping down a slope of social media or murder videos. It's my momentum builder. It does also stop me from being totally engulfed in a project, which can often just be another form of procrastination, right? I can start a project and let it absorb a full day when really it should have been something that I spent maybe two to three hours doing. That 30 minute timer is also a really great reminder for me to get up, to walk around, to move to have a good drink of water and to pee. Hack number two is to have an overall task manager that you use for your business. It is vital to have in one place all of the tasks that are required for your business as you scale. Your team or your support crew need to have a shared place that they can go. This one is definitely a big shift if you're a paper and pen person, if you love your notebooks or pads of to-do lists. The issue is big projects are rarely well managed on paper. And so having them in a task manager and starting to get very used to using a task manager for your big projects is important. And once again, as you scale and you bring on a team, They need to know what's going on and you need to know what they're working on. And having that all in one big task manager is super, super important. I still use pen and paper and I still use pen and paper almost every day. It's part of my thought process more than it is about project or task management. I find the act of brain dumping my tasks for the day out onto paper, especially all of those little things that don't really require me to enter them into ClickUp, which is my task manager. I just want to get them on paper and it's very therapeutic. It allows me to move them from like brain storage to a place where I trust that I won't forget them. I also love the process of ticking items off a list. If you enjoy this, then 
keep keep doing that. It gives you that dopamine hit that my task manager doesn't really give me. When we experience even small successes like ticking a task off a to-do list, our brains release a little dopamine. Dopamine is the feel-good drug. Drug? No. Dopamine helps us feel pleasure, which leads to motivation and seeking the next dopamine hit, which is doing that next item on your list. You might get your dopamine hit from your task manager. I personally don't. But task managers and project planners, the digital online ones I'm talking about, often have little animations that happen when you complete a task. Asana has a flying unicorn, I'm pretty sure. And I feel like ClickUp might have some kind of confetti. I'm not sure. But the designers of these task managers know that there needs to be some celebration of task completion to keep you engaged and to keep you paying for their product, obviously. So if you've struggled with the transition from paper to digital, don't feel like you need to ditch your paper completely. As I mentioned earlier, different tools for different times based on how you're feeling can be really, really useful. I move between a whiteboard and sticky notes. I don't know why, but sometimes a whiteboard feels better. Sometimes I just desperately need my sticky notes. As long as you always have that overarching big plan with your projects and you're keeping your digital space up to date, then if you feel like you also need to see your tasks on a piece of paper you can tick off, a whiteboard that you can glance up at during the day, or you want to be able to see sticky notes on a wall or on a desktop that you can move around, then do it. My last hack for today, but by no means the bottom of my productivity focus, getting stuff done toolbox. Honestly, I have a stash of hacks, which is also, side note here, super important when you're a coach and you deal with different types of clients with different types of needs. You need to apply the right prescription to the right pain point, and you need to have a few different things for your clients to try because one remedy will not heal all. So back to my last hack for today, it is to change your measure of success from time in front of a computer to outcomes created. I often don't work a full 40 hours because honestly, I don't have it in me anymore. Back in my, you know, earlier in my career, I worked just insane hours, absolutely stupid hours. And now I can't do it anymore. I'm fried from that. This 40 hours a week, it's also an arbitrary number, right? I mentioned in the last podcast that the 40-hour work week was an outcome of the Industrial Revolution. And partly it's where corporations noticed that their workers started to lose accuracy and productivity after 40 hours. So it was a waste of time anyways. But we have this badge of honor still that sits around clocking up big work weeks or always being super busy. The 40-hour work week, let's remember it was designed for men who had their mums or their wives at home taking care of the cooking, the cleaning, child rearing. That is not the world we live in anymore. And if you're juggling a business and kids, especially over the past couple of years, then why feel the pressure to work 40 hours if you can be focused and achieve your desired outcome in less time? 
go back again and listen to the Scaling Your Business podcast with a mix of strategic planning, understanding what the true profit drivers in your business are and focusing your time and efforts there, profit and pricing strategies, brand messaging, a good outsourcing strategy. You can put your business in a position where you become the CEO role in your business. You move into that queen profit B role. And yes, there is also an episode on being the queen profit bee in your business too. You can outsource, you can reduce your work hours, you can increase your impact on your business. Life is short. I don't waste a minute of it sitting in front of my computer wasting time. If I'm wandering onto social media or I'm seeking out mindless ways to waste time, I know that my brain is likely a little fried and I'm not going to be focused or useful. I'd prefer to intentionally stare at a wall and give my brain a break than sit in that space of wasting valuable time trying to work, trying to fire my brain back up. If you find yourself clocking hours, that just aren't effective, go and do something else. When I'm distracted, I often go, I'll go prep my dinner for that night. I will clean the floors. I'll put a load of laundry on. I take piggy boy for a walk or I watch a TV show. I want to waste time on something that I actually enjoy than sitting at my desk, just scrolling through social media. I'm going to get up and do something that's going to clear my mind, reset my mind, and give me that break that my brain is obviously seeking. You know yourself. You know when fatigue sets in. So when fatigue sets in, go and rest. It's one of the most underrated benefits of being self-employed. There's no boss scowling at you because you're skiving off work. There's no co-workers making you feel guilty or like you need to compete for the most hours worked in a week. It's no longer a badge of honor that you have to work for. So take advantage of that. Let me leave you with this week's actionable. Pay attention over the next couple of weeks to how you feel. Are you sitting in front of a computer because you think you should when actually you could get up and do something more useful with that time? Do you have a different set of tools to rely on? when you're feeling tired or overwhelmed, super productive. Getting focused and using your time to its fullest is like a wardrobe. Sometimes you want something tight and sparkly and other times you need loose and comfy. So build up your wardrobe of productivity and focus time hacks. That's it. Happy profit loving. Hey, Profit Lover, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do leave a review so other women just like you can find the Profit Lovers podcast. And I'd love it if you subscribed so you never miss an episode. And finally, always remember that profit isn't a dirty word.